So y'all can sit here and ask me all the questions y'all want to. I'm here so I won't get fined. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. The second half, we sucked. We couldn't stop the run. Every time they got the ball, they went down and got points. We got our ass totally kicked in the second half. That's what it boiled down to. It was a horse performance in the second half. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. Been erroneous reports. People questioning my loyalty to him. That is absurd. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. You were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood too. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds. Tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up. And you can thank me later in the group chat. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. On tonight's show, we are going to be talking about the analytics of Dynasty. And no Jerry this week. Um, we're going to try to get together a little bit later in the week to do that rookie mock draft we were talking about. We had some uh, a situation come up on Sunday and was unable to record. But with me tonight is a returning guest. Uh, this gentleman makes an annual pilgrimage here in the Dynasty War Zone, one of our favorite guests of, of the season, of guest season. Um, you may know this guy as a uh, member of the Football Guys staff. He is the uh, creator of the Analytics of Dynasty, and he has a, a Dynasty podcast. You can find his website, analyticsofdynasty.com. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Jordan McNamara at McNamara Dynasty on Twitter. How you doing, Jordan? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. I, I, it's always good to make my yearly pilgrimage here, so this is fun. It's, it's always a good. It's always a good time and a good discussion. And, and how many other times can you actually use the word pilgrimage? So, not very often. <laughs> not, not very often. So um, we're, we're 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 expanding our vocabulary. So what's up? So by the way, um, I'm going to promote our stuff before we promote your stuff. So had you been watching this or had you been listening to this on YouTube, we recorded this Monday night. You would have gotten this early um, and ad free if you've been to YouTube, you know, YouTube.com, Dynasty Warzone. Um, but speaking of dot coms, you've got a dot com and you've got a lot going on over analytics of Dynasty. What's going on right now? Yeah, so we got the Dynasty Team Building Guide. So this is actually the fifth yearly edition that I've done. Uh, and the first four were all kind of different themes. Uh, and not even necessarily themes, but different stuff covered. And so I kind of was like entering year five. I was like, do I want to write another one? You know, kind of what's what do I have left? And I, go, I haven't really put together like a overall theory. Like I kind of have a lot of topical stuff and some stuff applied to different situations, but I don't have an overall theory. So I went ahead and I knew I had an overall theory in my head, but I never really written it down. So I spent a lot of this book uh, going deep on, you know, theory and uh, kind of putting all of the stuff from all the lessons that I've learned through four years of writing AOD uh, into one book, basically. Um, you know, there's a couple of chapters that I uh, brought back that I thought were very important um, about some roster construction stuff, 
uh, about uh, you know some positional stuff and some some of the variant stuff that I thought was really important that I written in prior editions, and then really went through with a lot of stuff about how to build teams. Uh, I did some trade stuff as well, and uh, two things that I'm super proud of. Uh, two different subscribers wrote chapters, case studies about their teams, uh, and about kind of how they applied a lot of the lessons from AOD, which I was super proud of how they did. Um, and uh, just I was somewhat, you know, people ask you along the way, like, hey, you got advice on trades and stuff like that. And so you'll, I'll answer the questions in our in our subscriber group me. And then I actually saw how it all played out when when they wrote it and it was remarkable some of the things that how it how it transpired so they did an awesome job super proud of that and then the, the thing that i thought was the coolest part of this book was i challenged myself on one page to make a chart about all the stuff that i basically believed in and so i put it in different sections it took me forever like it was uh it was if you looked at me doing it he was like is this guy having a breakdown like he might be having a breakdown i was drinking coffee and and working at a coffee shop and people might have been looking at me like what is he doing uh but i finally was able to sort of condense it to one page and so it's all there right so i i have it up all the time just different rules about situations that i'll I'll be facing and kind of how to think about them. And it's just all stuff that uh, I believe and researched and has worked for a lot of different people. So it's all there. Uh, you can find it, uh, it, you know, in the link at the show, go to analyticsdynasty.com. And we have a, we have a 15% uh, promo code for you, for uh, your listeners and your viewers uh, use the promo code zone and it'll get you 15% off the book. Yeah, so I, I did you. I did you people a, fa- a favor. You know, the podcast listener, see the YouTube listener, the YouTube subscriber. They had about three hours to take advantage of what was the original discount. And on a, of number fifteen, Jordan put out a fifteen percent off discount. Mister Patrick Mahomes. That was running through fifteen days, which technically ended on the twentieth. But I got it extended for you, just the listeners of the Dynasty Warzone podcast. So if you go to the analytics of Dynasty, you don't have to search it on Google. You're listening to this via podcast. Go to the show notes. The very top hyperlink is to the analytics of Dynasty. It even reminds you that the promo code is, in fact, zone. When you go over there, he's going to extend it for you, for us, the people of the Dynasty War Zone. He's going to extend it for a few extra days so that you guys can get a discount on the newest edition of what's going on over at the analytics of dynasty.com. And I, I like how you, you you've included your uh your your oldest and most tenured you know subscribers to to contribute to your work. And um we have something similar. You know, we've been onboarding new patrons, patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. Uh one of our newest patrons, Austin, you know, he's ripping it up in the group chat and he's already jumped on an episode of the Dynasty War Games. So I love it when you can let those that are super passionate about the game of Dynasty Fantasy Football, you can let them jump in and and help with the content creation. You know, just let people express that passion and be able to grow. So I think that's awesome that you're doing that over at the Analytics of Dynasty. And, And speaking of supporters, we have one of our main YouTube supporters, Mike, in the comments. He's wanting to know if we're going to do good people, bad tweets. And Mike, I'm going to tell you, kind of. We're going to do good people, interesting tweets. And because the tweet came from Jordan himself. And again, <laughs> if, if you're not following Jordan on Twitter, uh, jo- Jordan keeps it interesting. He asks questions in a way that are is engaging without being engagement farming. And there is a clear difference. But in Jordan's tweet, he put, George Pickens struggles at the little things, but does the hard things in a flashy way. It's the hallmark of an overvalued dynasty wide receiver. And, and so for you, Jordan, man, let, let, let's talk George Pickens. Um, I, I know, uh, I don't want to say you've been on a mission because I've been accused of being on a mission about Justin Fields. Um, I, I think you're just trying to be the voice of reason when everybody seems to be losing their mind about George Pickens. But share with us the thoughts behind this tweet and, and George Pickens in general. Yeah, so I'm not on a mission per se. My goal is to, the goal of the Analytics of Dynasty is to keep people from careening their car off a cliff, right? Keep people from creating their dynasty teams off a cliff. And so that's 
really again i don't have any particular um uh you know interest in george pickens other than i find it interesting when i find players that that uh, we can really learn lessons from and i think george pickens has taught me more maybe about dynasty than any particular player has this year uh and and i'm grateful for him for doing so uh one of the things that you look at in early on in a player's career, you can get a lot of information about how they're going to perform in the future. I think people might be somewhat surprised by that, but what you see uh, very early on and some of the stuff I actually included in this book. And, and I, frankly, I wrote the chapter before, uh, you know, before George Pickens was really even a, a topic of conversation this off season, I wanted to know sort of what the average player, the average rookie performed like. Right. So one of the things that I actually did was uh, in, in the book, I included a whole bunch of metrics that kind of give you a benchmark for how a player does. Now, if a player overperforms that, you think, hey, he's probably on a good trajectory. If a player underperforms that, you think, well, there's, he's probably not on a great trajectory. And that might uh, cause us to rethink how we do that. So one of the things that I did was just included some different uh, you know, some different metrics. Uh, some of the things that I like to include are uh, yards per route run. I think that gives you a really good understanding of how a player did, you know, how often a player's targeted per route. I think that gives you a lot, a really good understanding of how good a player is. And when you look at George Pickens for the average second round wide receiver, uh, he was far below those things. And so the average second round wide receiver as a rookie, 1.48 yards per route run in his career uh, in the rookie season. Uh, George Pickens is at uh, 1.38. So well, you know, below that number. Uh, when you look at actually their targets per route run as well, 18.3% uh, of their routes they're targeted on, right? And that's typically a, uh, you know, the amount of times you're targeted per route. That's really a wide receiver skill. Uh, he's at 14.5%. So already he's lagging behind. And I think the thing with George Pickens is you see uh, he had the highest percentage of routes. Uh, he ran the, the largest uh, of his team's dropbacks. He ran more routes on those than any other uh, rookie wide receiver. And so the what happens is, you get the volume of that. Again, it's good that players play. That's a good thing. However, what you're seeing is he looks really good relative to other rookie wide receivers. The problem is he had a lot more opportunity to do it. Right. And so, I, you know, I've used some different ideas, some different analogies to talk about that. You know, uh, you, you know, kind of your, your, how much are you making per hour? Right. Like, you know, who, you know, and, and, and those sorts of things. Right. He's just making, he, he worked a lot of hours, but wasn't making very much an hour. And that's really the difference between him. And when you look at him and guys like Drake London and some of these other guys, the numbers won't look that, that different. But the problem is, is George Pickens had so much more of an opportunity in terms of the routes he ran than a guy like Drake London did. And so, um, so that's one of the big things. The other thing that I find with, with George Pickens, specifically the contested catch stuff, right? George Pickens is outstanding. He was actually the highest percentage of, of contested catches of any receiver this year. He caught, I think it was 68% of the balls that PFF deemed as contested targets. He caught them, which is the best in the league. So he's exceptional at that. A couple of problems with that. Number one, that, that is a random stat year over year. So that is a highly fluctuating stat. So if you're depending on that one year, you shouldn't really depend on it going into the next year is the number one thing. Number two, when you look at all of his targets, all of his routes that were not those targets. So something that I call your open routes run. So you, you, how often were you targeted on routes where you weren't throwing a contested target, what I call an open route? Uh, that, his number was exceptionally low. So he was at 10 point. Uh, he was at 10.1% of his open routes that he was targeted on. Uh, that's a bottom five percentile outcome. And that is an extremely sticky stat year over year. So that stat basically tells you how often you get open. Uh, and that like, that's a really low number and you don't see a ton of success from guys that have that. Uh, that's extremely predictive of future success. It's extremely predictive of uh, points per route run, for example. 
um, and, and the like, that it gives you a lot of pause about where he's at. So I just think he's overvalued based on all of that stuff. I think he's overvalued. Uh, and you look like he had 0.27 yards per route run to give you an idea. You just look at some of the other guys in this, uh, in this class, for example, Drake London was at 0.44. Uh, you know, Chris Olave was at, uh, Chris Olave was at, uh, 0.46 and Garrett Wilson was just below those guys. So you look at those numbers and it's, it, it's a vastly different, uh, production profile where he's at. And that's, it's the stuff that's predictive year over year. That's a big problem. And the flashy stuff isn't predictive, which is really the hallmark of why he's overvalued. Well, when I saw your tweet and I knew you were coming on, obviously I booked the show. I, I, I looked into some of, of his metrics as well. Well, first of all, he, he played all 17 games and he had 85 targets, pretty easy math, five targets a game, his catchable, uh, target rate, which means, i.e., he gets five targets. What percentage of those are catchable? 80%. So he's going to catch four balls. Okay. The, I, I'm looking for volume. You know, I talk about two things that I look for in a dynasty player. I'm looking for volume or value. Currently, he is not a value and he's not getting very much volume. So that, that's right. that, that's strike number one. Here's, here's, here's number two. I, I know a lot of websites and I do want to cite the source that I'm using. I'm using Player Profiler right now. And they have him as having 1,323 air yards. Air, air yards is a stat that a lot of people like using. 1,323 air yards, that's 19th in the NFL. That in and of itself is pretty good. Yes. The, the, the problem is, is that his yards after catch for an entire season was 109 yards. And that, that's 94th in the league. So he's a catch-it-and-fall-down guy. To your point, and that's where I took the flash. That tells me he's going for the deep pass. He might catch, you know, three to four balls a game. He might get you 60, 80 yards, including like a really cool one-handed catch. But he's never going to deliver that value. He's a very boom, but more likely a very bust Wide receiver three for me that in a startup you're going to have to pay wide receiver two prices for, and I have no interest at acquiring George Pickens. So that's what what I took away from from your your, your tweet that you know he he does make the good things look easy and he makes the easy things look hard, and, and there's a reason why you know um, Deontay Johnson still like leads that team in targets. Do I think Kenny Pickett takes a step forward? I do. I've, I've mentioned many times this off season. I believe that the Pittsburgh Steelers are a buy on offense. I think you want to buy on these guys because yep. I, I think you're going to get value. I think, but if there's one guy, I think I don't mind. I don't mind Deontay Johnson at his current market. I don't mind Kenny Pickett at his current market. I even don't mind Najee Harris at his. I, I think Pat Fryermuth in a tight end premium league is a, is a great buy. But out of all the Pittsburgh Steelers that I don't want to pay their current market for, because I think it's going to burn me in the long term, you know, two years from now, two and a half years from now, I think it's going to be George Pickens. So I just, I saw that tweet the other day that, that you posted. And those were some of my thoughts about what you tweeted. Yeah. And I'll give you one other thing too, that I think is really important. When you look at, there's a couple of stats, a couple of blowback points that I've had on Pickens. One, he's he's just a deep ball guy. He's not getting that much, like he's not getting targeted that frequently because of that. That's actually, again, talk about things that I've learned lessons from. That's actually not true. And I was stunned by that. I actually went and did a bunch of research and I was like, there's got to be something wrong. It has not been, if you're getting targeted deep down the field, it has actually not been a predictor of, of lower target volume which I was somewhat surprised by when I, when I looked historically. So you look at a lot, uh, a guy like Alave, for example, uh, performed at a very, uh, very similar average depth of target was targeted substantially more frequently. Alave was the best rookie wide receiver. Uh, uh, it, it, I think him in London were actually outperformed Garrett Wilson, uh, but just did so on lower route volume. Uh, just because their offenses didn't throw the ball as much. Uh, but when you look at like a guy like Alave, for example, you use that yards after contact or yards after catch, uh, only 2.1 yards after catch for Pickens. It was three for Alave at a very similar A dot. It was uh, 4.1 for Jahan Dotson at a very similar A dot. So 
Uh, and Christian Watson was at 6.4 at a pretty similar ADOT as well. So that has not shown either to be uh, that predictive. And by far the lowest uh, yards after contact for any rookie wide receiver this year was George Pickens. So I, I, you know, there's a lot there in terms of, of some things that I think are, are reasons to be skeptical of his profile this year. And uh, it's a lot of the non-repeatable stuff and people are like, you hate George Pickens. And I was like, I don't really, I don't care about George Pickens in particular. I just don't like his cost, right? Like I don't, you know, again, I, I I've comped him. I think like, if you want to make a bet like that, bet on Alec Pierce, like, 35 spots lower like make that bet because it's they went right next to each other in the draft and they're basically the same statistical profile george pickens performed at the high end of variance and pierce did at the low end of it and you know i mean they're the same kind of predictiveness going forward or pretty close to it so that's kind of the angle that i would take well and, and i like george pickens because it, it rolled me into another philosophy that that i'm big in is that i think year two is critical for dynasty wide receivers. I don't get too caught up on whether or not you make a tremendous splash your rookie year. Don't get me wrong, I would love all the rookies that I draft at the wide receiver position to have Justin Jefferson's rookie year. That would be swell. That would make this game way easy, but it doesn't always work out this way. Um, there's a lot of year two guys that I'm, I'm interested in. Um, Drake London, not from a talent standpoint, but from a quarterback standpoint. Traylon Burks, can he come into shape without asthma, i.e. not be fat? Um, can can Jamison Williams, you know, return to the guy who was a top 15 NFL draft pick? A guy that I'm very intrigued by with, I think, Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, McCole Hardman moving on. Sky Moore, Jahan Dotson. I think Jahan Dotson's play in, in the time around his in, injury, uh, believe it or not, on a non-contender like Washington might make – Terry McLaren available during the draft for the right amount of draft capital. Um, and then Christian Watson, what's he going to look like with the new QB and Jordan Love is Aaron Rodgers seems about 95% out of Green Bay. So what do you think about this philosophy of year two being tremendously impactful for uh, a dynasty wide receivers uh, value going forward? And of those guys I mentioned, are you acquiring or fading any of those guys? Anyone come to mind that, that you're interested in? Uh, I'm a little nervous about Jahan Dotson. Uh, he had 1.39 yards per route run. He actually looks a lot like Pickens, which gives me some pause uh, in terms of his statistical profile. Um, I am big on Drake London. I'm big on Alave. Um, I'm probably like, I, I think Garrett Wilson was very good. I'm probably of the guys at the cost. I'm more aggressive on the other two. I'm pretty intrigued by how Traylon Burks did. Um, you know, I actually think Romeo Dobbs, uh, you know, despite being disappointment again, I, I went through and I actually, I gave kind of like the base mark for uh, the benchmark for each of these guys uh, with their draft pedigree. And 1.21 is the average yard per route run for a rookie wide receiver uh, for with a fourth round NFL draft pedigree. Uh, Dobbs actually smashed that with 1.36. Again, that's lower than some of the other guys, but you actually look at his expectation. He overperformed it. So that's one that I, I found to be pretty interesting. And those guys uh, have a, have a decent growth from year one to year two, those round four guys. Um, that's a place where you see guys get better. You don't see a ton of guys getting better, uh, a huge increase in, in uh, efficiency on guys selected in the first uh, three rounds, of the NFL draft historically, the average increase isn't that big. The average from round four is actually pretty big. So he is one that I think is interesting from a deeper, like he might be a, almost a post type sleeper type. Uh, and I think that's a pretty interesting one as well. But Dotson to me is a little, uh, is a little concerning and I'd be nervous about him if he starts to get to the, uh, you know, he shouldn't go ahead of Christian Watson, for example, like that's one that I would, um, I'd probably fade. Yeah, and I put Drake London and Alave. I, I shouldn't even have really put Drake London on here. He played well enough in spite of the quarterback play around him to not really be on this list. Because what I'm looking for with all these guys is the value. You're not going to get much value on Drake London. He's really good. Um, I was really happy that I was wrong. Yeah, that's what I said. I was really happy that I was wrong <laughs> because I, I had concerns about his injury history. He had never played double-digit games in college. And to come in and play all of the games as a pro was very impressive, you know. So, so kudos to him. It's really the 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 Jamison Williams, the Sky Moors, the guys that flashed a little bit 
and in the case of Sky Moore, the guys that they need. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Mahomes is on the, the the big boy contract. They've got to have a young guy on a rookie deal step up. And I'm not trying to go down the Clyde Edwards Alaire running back excuse me, wide receiver edition by chasing that draft capital and the 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 yellow and red uh, of Kansas City. But I, I'm trying to kind of like I really I'm really glad that you brought up Romeo Dubes. I call him Dubes. I know it's Dobbs, but it's Dubes. And, and I'm really glad that that you brought him up because those are the guys that I'm looking to get in startups. Those are the guys that I'm looking to acquire as throw-ins in trades because if if Traylon Burks has a good season, his dynasty value goes up, but not exponentially. It may go up 25%. It may go up 50% from what it is today. But if Sky Moore has a breakout uh, year two campaign or Romeo Dubes or, or, or Jahan Dotson, those guys 2X, 3X, 4X, what you're going to get them for right now. So I, I think that was a, a tremendous call. So um, that, I guess we'll call that that was good people, interesting tweets. And uh, I always got to give this to Mike. I do apologize for the uh, audio quality. The Crip Mac on Hood. You know, it's on Hood the, over there at good people, interesting tweets. You know, that's brought to you by our patron, of which Mike is a member. So part of the reason why I wanted to get Jordan on here, I'm, I'm trying, you know, Jordan, they say balance in life's important, right? Yes. You got to be balanced. And like we've been doing a ton of rookie content. We've had Bruce Matson on from DLF. We've had Garrett Price on from the Nerds. Um, just we had John Sheps and Nino Brown. But but now we have you. We've talked a lot of rookies. But, you know, we talked about on the, uh, the Patreon edition of before I hit the record button, you know, MFL just rolled over. Sleepers rolled over. You know, new draft startups are right. They're pretty much going on right now. It depends if, if – uh, if you found your fix. So that's why I wanted to have you on to talk about the, the, the startup, uh, the, the veteran game. Cause you know, you're just starting your rookie process after finishing up your, your analytics of dynasty work. So with, with the, with the startup season here, now, are you a productive struggle guy? Are you a win now guy? How do you value youth and startups and dynasty in general? Uh, so I, in actually last year's AOD, uh, I wrote the confessions of a recovering productive struggler, uh, and about all the reasons why I, uh, in prior years had been on the productive struggle. I think, uh, that in super flex formats, I think that it makes, uh, productive struggling a substantially negative EV bet, uh, because, one of the things that we know about the quarterback position is that the thing that is predictive of future success is prior success. And so if you are taking a struggling approach, if you are taking a lot of young quarterbacks um, that is a, uh, that have not proven themselves, uh, that is a, uh, a pretty bad historical bat, you know, just go back to people. There was someone that took Malik Willis at 20 overall, this time last year uh, in a draft that I was in. Um, and that person basically donated probably last year's money, this year's money, probably next year's money too, um, based on the way that he built his, te- built his team, depending on a guy like Malik Willis to come in and, and be a big time contributor. So I am skeptical of uh, productive struggling. Um, I-, I think that, you know, especially in super flex formats, being a lead at the quarterback position is is a huge impact uh and so i you tend to find those guys to be guys that have done it a lot uh you tend to find guys like dak prescott sean watson uh to overperform their uh relative draft costs historically Uh, and you tend to find guys like allen and mahomes to wreck leagues and so that's been something that's been consistently true historically and I think that those are the right bets uh, to go with generally. And then I think you can go with youth uh, and startup drafts, but I think that it should be kind of further down the board. You know, for example, uh, last year, this is a great time to actually make cheap youth bets because like last year was a fantastic example. Christian Watson kept popping up at the end of first round uh, mock drafts, right? Like he would consistently be 30, 31, 32, and maybe like a mock draft a week. But he was going in like the 50s 
of startup ADP. And I was like, there's no way that that's true if, uh, if he goes at the end of the first round. And so I said, all right, I'm just going to collect a couple of shots here, but he's going in the fifties. I'm not making that bet at, I don't know, 21, like George Pickens is going right now. I'm making that bet much deeper and cheaper. And again, you talked about how guys can really pay off from deep. Like that's a good way to do it. Um, and that's kind of the way that I try and blend it, um, you know, of getting some young guys, but taking them as very cheap bets instead of uh, very expensive bets when they're unproven. And then, you know, now, like I'm a big believer in Drake London. I'm a big believer in Chris Love. I'm a big believer in those guys. I'm now much more willing to do that now that I've seen it. And honestly, I don't think their price has gotten that carried away. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think it's gotten, they've gotten that much more expensive than they were last year. And I know I have proof of concept that they're, that they're, uh, have the ability to be elite. Well, one thing, I mean, so those of you watching on YouTube, if you, and if you didn't go to dynasty Warzone, go to YouTube, search dynasty Warzone, look under live videos, find this episode with Jordan. And I, Literally, like at around the 27-minute mark, I reached behind me on camera, I grabbed my clipboard, and I grabbed a pencil, and I wrote down a couple of notes from what Jordan said. Because when he when he talked about tales of a professional productive struggler, it hit me like, like a sack of bricks. Recovering. I'm sorry. Recovery <laughs> productive struggler. Because it hit me like a ton of bricks, man. Because... Productive struggle, I think it was something you could have done five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, when 95% of our leagues were one QB leagues. But now that we're playing in these, and again, I'm going to promote because that's what I do, you know, on the before I hit the record button podcast for the patrons only over at patreon.com forward slash dynasty Warzone, we, we talked about this, about quarterback philosophy. And so I wrote down that note. And the other note that I said that I wrote down here was, it's a question because I don't know the answer yet. Is B. John Robinson really the 101 in a Superflex draft? Is he really the 101? And maybe, maybe he is. Maybe he's so good that he transcends, you know, transcends what's going on. But I'm asking myself, should I be drafting C.J. Stroud? Should I be drafting Bryce Young? Should I be drafting Will Levis if he rides up in the in, in the right spot? Because it's it's getting harder and harder to get quarterbacks in a super flex in a super flex draft. And, and again, I don't want to spoil what we recorded for our patrons, but having that one two punch, we 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 dubbed it by the way. If you want to know what we dubbed it, we have a term for this now: the Twin Towers, and where that came from. Um, that twin tower approach is going to make it harder and harder and how we don't want to be stuck with, you know, constantly, you know, if you're trying to compete, is there anything worse than competing? You got a kick-ass roster, you got all these running backs, you got all these wide receivers, but every week, you know, you're kicking that can down the road. Do I start Jimmy G? Do, do I start Ryan Tannehill? You know, it, 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 is it, you know, it, is it like Geno Smith? It just feels gross. So because of that, my thought process is, is if your team's bad enough that you have the 101, is drafting Bijan Robinson going to solve your problems the way that drafting a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud is? So I don't know that I have the answer. I, I'll throw that back to you. I wasn't on the show sheet. We weren't planning on talking about this. <laughs> but but what do you think about Bijan on the 101 and, and, and rookie picks? Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be a almost near consensus 101. So I think instead of taking a, yeah, if I was, I think historically you take a first round running back, an elite first round running back above a quarterback. I think that's probably the best approach. That's the numbers based approach. Like that's the. Um, what about the trade back from that? If you could trade yeah. back from like the one and pick up some kind of like what the Bears are going to do. Yeah, right, right. Uh, so I, I think if you're going to stick and pick, pick Bijan Robinson would be the first thing. Um, and that would be backed up by the startup draft valuation too. Like Bijan Robinson is going to go ahead of the quarterback in the startup draft. So um, that would sort of be my thought there. So that's number one. Uh, then you have, if you don't want to do that, you can do two things. You can either trade back or 
the thing that I would probably do if I wanted to address quarterback is I'd put the one-on-one in a deal for an elite quarterback and I would solve my problem and solve it. You know, I would, I would add to it and I would be shooting for a top six quarterback. Um, and I would add and add and add until it gets done. I mean, I, I have a running bit. It's not, it's, it's, Almost a bit. It's true. It's almost always true, but it's it's almost a game that I play, a joke, a running joke that I have of, you know, did you ever get enough for when you trade Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? Did you get enough? And the answer is almost always no. Right. I think I've seen one of them that you didn't get it. And I'm almost certain that it was between the two of them. I think the trade was done. So you almost never get enough for those guys. So sort of in that vein i would put the 101 in a deal for one of those like that would be the first if i need to fix quarterback and i have 101 the first thing i would do would be to start offering packages with the 101 for mahomes and allen um and then if i couldn't get that done i would i would go come down a little bit lower and i'd drop the price a little bit in terms of what i would add but i mean that's what that would be my approach so instead of trading back i would try and trade up right i think elite players win and one of the things you see is rookie quarterbacks i mean I don't know, like at, at the top of the draft, it's like a 60% hit rate. You know, the odds that they become really like a multi-year starter, it's like 35, 40%, something like that. I mean, it's not a great, it's not really a great hit rate. And the guys that you're drafting up in the top 10 of startup drafts, those guys are massive hit rates. So that would be the pivot that I would make. Um, and the other pivot I'd make is if I had a, if I had a hole at quarterback, I wouldn't want to draft quarterback one. I'd want to draft quarterback two and three. Or I, if like, again, if this is going to be a year where there's going to be, let's say there's going to be three top ten quarterbacks. Historically, the the uh, order that they go off in the NFL draft has not been predictive of of future success, and uh, the order that they've gone off in rookie drafts has not been predictive of future success. So, I would much rather, if I was trying to do that, I'd much rather take a windfall. Uh, and go from one to four, uh, skip drafting at 102 and get a whole bunch of stuff, right? That's that's probably the deal that I would make if I wanted to fix quarterback to a rookie draft. But I would go about it the other way before I did that. Well, it sounds like if you went back to 104, you could probably get the 104, or their 2024 first, maybe a, a speculative player or two, like a, like a second-year running back or second-year wide receiver. Because you could get a lot. Because by the time we actually hit the draft button in May after the NFL draft, and we know where Bijan goes, the 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 haul that you could get for him, I actually see. This is why this is why I love talking with Jordan because, and you know, he makes me smarter. He makes all of us smarter because he asks questions, which makes me ask him questions, which makes me think about his answers to ask more questions. Because what we're talking about is is super flex. Like we were talking about this before. 95% of our leagues that I play, and I think I have one one QB quarterback, and I'll probably be in that league for a while because it's a, it's a very, very tenured league, so it's hard to leave that league. But you, you don't want your super flex team to be the Indianapolis Colts, right? You, you, you don't want to be going from Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett to Phillip Rivers to Carson Wentz to, to Matt Ryan. My God, just rip the Band-Aid off and go get the guy. Whatever it costs, I would prefer it not be a rookie. I'd prefer that the Colts had the ability to go trade for, for Justin Herbert or, right. or Josh Allen. They can't do that, but we can. And, and then, you know, he talked about not getting too, too married or too hyped to a quarterback based on where they're drafted in the NFL. If you go back to the 2018 draft class, which was Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen. Three of the five will not be starters in the NFL this time in 2023. Two, one of those guys, to my knowledge, Josh Rosen's not even in the league. And Baker went one. Sam Darnold went three. I believe Allen went six, then Rosen, then Lamar. So the guy who went third of the five and the guy who went five of five in the first round are the two guys flourishing in the NFL. So... That's a great way. So I, I wrote that down. I'll, I'll put that into a future show. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, next thing I want to throw to you, and we'll just kind of wrap it up on this um, because we don't want to give it all away. We want them to go over to the analytics of dynasty.com. We want them to use the promo code zone. We want them to save 15% and we want to make sure they're ready for startup season. But what are your thoughts on trading up or trading back 
in, in a dynasty startup. I, I kind of, I'll tell you me personally, when I go into a draft, I have a plan. Hey, this draft, because I have X draft position, whether it's eight or 10 or three or whatever, this is my intent. And I'm going to draft and trade and make moves based off of that plan. Maybe I, I, I want to do something I've never done before or, or I have a unique philosophy. But what are yours? What are your thoughts on trading up, trading back, trading picks, trading rookie picks? Uh, what do you do? I don't want you to give it all away because maybe a, a future league mate of yours is listening and we don't want to give away uh, all the keys to your draft uh, drafting philosophies. Uh, yeah, so that's a great question. It's a, it's a big debate. I mean, I have um, I will trade up for – uh, premium players at premium positions. So quarterbacks, uh, if I'm playing in a tight end premium format, I'll, I'll trade up for a tight end. Um, elite quarterbacks, I think, again, I, you almost never lose those deals if you're trading up for them. Uh, so that's the thing. I have literally in my in my uh, cheat sheet, right, in my one pager, um, I have the rule never trade. Uh, sorry, do not trade up for a wide receiver or running back in the top five rounds of a startup draft. I think that's a bad bet. Um, and that's historically been a bad bet. And there's a lot of risk there and you're subjecting yourself to a ton of variance. And I think it's a general mistake. Um, but I'm willing to do it with quarterbacks and tight ends in tight end premium formats, you know, when they're real premiums, you know, 1.75 um, or multiple tight end starters, right? Once you become putting your tight end, uh, you know, really on par with, with, uh, you know, when you look at like a two PPR, for example, tight end 12 is equivalent to like wide receiver 20 in per game scoring. And like, that's a huge deal because then what you're doing is you're playing tight ends in your flex, right? You're playing tight ends. You're using tight ends as a weapon instead of them being an anchor on your roster, right? It's just a huge scoring edge. So in those formats, it makes the position way more uh, valuable. So I'm much more willing to trade up for premium guys, those positions um, and at quarterback, right? I spend my startup just trying to trade up into the first round for another elite quarterback. For, for me, I, I, what, what I intend to do this year, and this is really awkward because, you know, our patrons listen and I'll be mm -hmm. doing mostly dynasty war zone patron leagues. Mm -hmm. My goal this year um, from talking to you, um, other people in, in the industry, it's like this year, my goal is to come out of the first five rounds with two QBs, preferably two of the best possible, my wide receiver one, my tight end one, and then more than likely my wide receiver two. Mm -hmm. There is so much churn at the running back position, and I've been tweeting about this a lot. It's like if you look at this running back free agent class, we've talked about that a lot recently as well, it's fire. And if you look at this this rookie running back class, I'm not the biggest Mel Kuyper Jr. fan in the world, but I do respect what the man does. He's been doing it for almost 40 years. He said he doesn't think there'll be 22 drafted, but he has 22 running backs in this class with a draftable grade. Now, some of those guys will go UDFA. So you, you add in 10, 12 free agents, and then you add in 22 draftable, and probably more, to be honest, running backs. The valuation at running back is going to be all over the map. So why would I, in the first five rounds of a dynasty startup, why would I want to trade up or heavily invest in that position? Now, if let's say I've got a couple of quarterbacks and I, I'm not going to be afraid to, you know, if I, if I walk out of the, the first three rounds and I've had to trade up and make crazy trades to do it, and I walk out of the, my first three picks are like Patrick Mahomes and I like Trevor Lawrence more than Jordan. We talked about that earlier too. But if I walked out of there with Patrick Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence and like Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, and I don't get to make another pick for a real long time, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with giving up all those, you know, fourth and third and sixth and eighth round startup picks because I've I've got the things. I can chase the other things, but those are the things. So so that that's what I'm I'm taking away from it. I'm looking forward to startup season because I think I'm going to be more active than I've ever been. Uh, I'm going to go after what I want. I'm going to know where to scoop value. And because uh, we had Theo Grimminger on from Roto Underworld slash Player Profiler, and I'll, I'll know some of those guys that he's targeting in best ball. And it will be weird because you can almost use a productive struggle 
to get the core guys you want to you know build around long term. But if you're looking at who the value plays are based on what their 23 season looks like, you may be able to contend year one. But I think the one asset I would protect would be my my future picks. Mm-hmm. Would that make sense to you? Yeah. So I've actually it's funny because I've seen in a couple of different teams. So in my in my in the team building guide this year, I detailed a couple of startup drafts that I did. Uh, I traded up in one of them for an elite quarterback, and I did it without giving a future pick. Uh, and then I actually saw some other people do it by giving a, a, a future pick. Right? They went from let's say one eleven to one oh two, something like that, and gave their twenty twenty three first. I ended up liking, and this was just specifically last year, and I can't say for certain how it'll turn out this year. I ended up liking the shape of their roster better than I than mine, um, and it was specifically the way it impacted tight end, uh, you know, in a tight end premium format. So I can't say all the time that's going to be the case, but last year that's the way it fell. So I'm being a little bit more attuned to that this year as being a potential hole that I opened up on a roster. Um, and, you know, would I have rather have given the first to mo- make that move instead of giving, you know, I moved out of like the third and fourth round type of range. Um, yeah. So it's a balance, right? I-, I do think that the only time that you should trade a future first round pick is if you're going to get an elite quarterback, typically in a startup draft or a, a really elite player, like, and by elite, like one of my biggest rules is don't overuse the word elite. <laughs> and so when I mean elite, I mean like top couple of players at their position, right? Like th- there's only two elite wide receivers in my opinion, right? There's only really a couple of elite running backs, right? There's only, you know, there's like three elite tight ends, two maybe, um, but three is I think a generous thing. And then there's a handful of quarterbacks, right? There's only 10 or 15 guys that I think are truly elite. Um, and so right, it's those guys that I would use a future first on because you're giving up so much flexibility. Right. And, and one of the problems with you, when you give up a first, like I am willing to trade a first at any, I'll trade anything at any point for the right price. But what, what happens is when you do it early, you give up flexibility to do it later. And, you know, so if a situation happens uh, where, you get a player dropping significantly in price. For example, like a Deshaun Watson situation or, you know, is there an injury or something of that nature? And we see it every year where someone will fall rapidly in price. I don't want to have my flexibility tied up to make a deal for that person, right? So I want to be very, very, very selective on when I sort of trade my my future first, but I will do it, but it has to be a really rare situation. No, man. Uh, I used to work with a guy, my boss, back in the day, and he would always be like, done means done. Mm-hmm. Not like done, but yeah, I still got this, this. He's like, well, then you're not done. Mm-hmm. Done means done. Hear what Jordan's saying. Elite means elite. You know, like, like I used to, and, and, and I think there's potential. George Kittle is elite mm-hmm. when he's healthy and Brock Purdy's a quarterback mm-hmm. or Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know. Uh, Darren Waller is elite when he's healthy. If you have to put the disclaimer of when or anything else that that's, then they're not, you know, so that's what I took away from that. But guys, listen, if you enjoy this kind of conversation, you know, uh, Jordan's got a Patreon. He's, he's got a lot of stuff going on. He has the analytics of dynasty and you can find him on Twitter at analytics of dynasty and dynasty. I'm sorry. Yeah, my my bad. Um, (laughs) At McNamara Dynasty and it's analyticsofdynasty.com. And if you go, you hit pause, you're listening to this on a podcast. You hit pause, you go into the show notes, whether that's Spotify or Google Play or iTunes or what the hell ever. You hit pause. You literally go in there. There's a hyperlink to analyticsofdynasty.com. You hit that link. You go there. You buy the Analytics of Dynasty. You use promo code ZONE, Z-O-N-E, ZONE. And you'll save fifteen percent, and you'll get more of the uh, the stuff we have today. Jordan, man, I could talk to you forever, but uh, I've already had you for about an hour and a half, and I really appreciate you jumping on. What do you want these people to know before I get you out of here? Yeah, I mean, go go check out uh, the team building guide again. That's basically it's kind of the my holy grail, right? It's it's basically my my. Uh, 
kind of my uh, manifesto, if you will. Um, and and then again, analytics at dynasty.com. You can subscribe there. Uh, I release a dynasty podcast every day. Uh, I had, I did 360 last year. I did 388 the year before. I don't know where the other 28 went. That's an off-season project. I have to figure out how 28 of them disappeared. I think it was a couple of in-season shows a week I didn't do, or an in-season show a week I didn't do, and like a couple in, in January I didn't do. I think that's a difference. But but be that as it may, um, you get every day from basically President's Day, or from Martin Luther King Day through Labor Day is basically every day. Um, so January through the beginning of September, um, my Dynasty Trade Database, uh, my rank my hierarchy of assets, which is featured in the book that I constantly update on the website. So you can get all of that as a subscriber. And we have a group me chat. You can go ahead and join in there as well. Um, and we're constantly talking uh, dynasty strategy uh, in there as well. So you can find all that at analyticsdynasty.com and give me a shout on Twitter at McNamara Dynasty. Yeah, you heard the man at McNamara Dynasty and analytics of dynasty. .com. Jordan, man, thanks for coming on. What I'm going to do is I'm going to let you get through a handful of drafts. And I want you to come back and give us uh, another hour of your time, if you're available. Let's come back and uh, give us a recap of how startup season's going, and uh, we'll get your uh, we'll get your Cliff Notes version of what you're liking from this 2023 rookie class. How's that sound? Sounds good. I, I looking forward to it. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to get Jordan out of here. I'm going to get you guys out of here. Uh, stick around. We're going to do that rookie mock draft. I don't know in what iteration we're going to do it. He's going to try to get my schedule lined up with Jerry's and. Uh, We'll have that. Uh, go back if you're listening to this on on podcast. Monday, uh, Dallas did an edition of the Rookie Rundown. Uh, this is Wednesday. You're listening to the Dynasty War Zone. Tomorrow will be the guys over at the Dynasty War Games, and we'll work on getting a bonus content uh, rookie mock draft for you out as well. So a lot of content coming right now, guys. It's rookies. It's Dynasty season. I'm just going to put it like that. It's Dynasty season in every form or fashion. Um, we're going to keep the guest train rolling. We'll have a guest here next week. Uh, I've got some big guests coming for you, some by special request from the patron. But stick around, guys. Uh, we're going to have a lot going on. But on behalf of Jordan, I am Memphis. And remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Stick around. We'll talk to you soon. See you guys. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak